Hello and welcome to Eastman's Predator Pros Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Nimnick, and we are back. And we're coming to you live from the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo in Salt Lake City. Um, always a fun show when I get a chance to make it down there. It's always fast and furious, but uh, you know, I usually have a day and a half or so to to visit with guys, get to meet up with guys that I don't, don't get to see a lot. Um, and then just some of you listeners out there that uh, you know live in Idaho and Utah. I love, you know, when you guys come by the booth and start talking coyote hunting with me. Love to hear you guys' stories and how your seasons are going. So appreciate everybody that stopped by the show um while I was there. But you know, these these episodes, these next two episodes that you're gonna listen to were actually pre-recorded at the show. Um, so I'm back at my house now recording the intro to that. Um, but we're gonna kick into this episode soon. Um, it's gonna be a buddy of mine, Luke Thompson. He's actually the product engineer for Lucky Duck. Uh oh, probably oh, three weeks ago had the whole lucky duck crew out on a, a coyote hunt just a fun hunt we weren't filming or anything um just uh like to get those guys every out every now and then just so they can experience a little little coyote killing action and, and we just had a phenomenal hunt we killed 21 coyotes in two days uh couldn't ask probably my my best hunt of the season by far um but it was just a hell of a lot of fun so anyway luke uh was out at the show with me and uh we were at the lucky duck booth so we swung over and uh, recorded a podcast on that. So we're going to get to that soon. But before we do that, I need to thank the sponsor of this episode, which are Lucky Duck Predator Calls and Silencer Central. Now, um, throughout the podcast, you're going to hear us talk a little bit about, you know, the call lineup, some maybe potential new stuff that Lucky Duck might be be working on. Although I know Luke can't divulge a whole lot of information there. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I get questions on this. I do bounce back and forth between the Super Revolt and the Revolt. You know, for me, being a day hunter, the Revolt is pretty ideal um and and another issue with me i'm kind of a creature of habit i do admit that um you know and i used that revolt for so many years what probably three or four seasons you know thousands of the coyote stands i used that revolt so i really got used to that remote i mean i've talked about that before using that remote and getting really comfortable with it um almost memorizing it you know and i do i have that remote memorized i can know what buttons i'm hitting without even having to look and that's that's important to me because I can get to presets fast, I can I can maneuver the remote without having to stare at the damn thing. I can actually watch what the coyote's doing and things like that. So that's important. So so for me, yes, I am partial to the Revolt, um, but I really do love what the Super Revolt has to offer. You know, I I do dabble in the two sounds at once every now and then, uh, more or less just to amuse myself. You know, to see what kind of cool stuff I can come up with. Um, but uh, you know, the remote that's what I use when I night hunt is the Super Revolt, just because it has the the backlit buttons on the remote. I can dim down the screen a little bit. Um, but no, I'm sure some of you guys have, have uh, you know, maybe be in the same boat as far as, you know, have one, maybe looking at buying the other, you know, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things, you know, if you, uh, if you have a, have a lucky duck call, you know, it's working great for you, roll with it. You know, if you're looking to upgrade, you know, there's options there if you do want to upgrade. So I'm not going to tell you that you need the biggest and the baddest to go kill coyotes because you don't, you know, it's just a matter of what your personal likes are and, and what you want your e-call to do for you. So if you're on the market for a new e-call, you can head over to luckyduck.com and you can see uh, their entire lineup of all five calls they offer from from the, the, the starter model, which is the Rebel, all the way up to the Super Revolt, which I just got done talking about. Now, second sponsor of this episode is Silencer Central. Coming up on the next episode, I'm actually going to have the CEO of Silencer Central, Brandon Maddox, um, on that ep- on that episode, which is going to be a cool one. Uh, we're gonna we're just gonna talk suppressors, um, the process, how easy they make the process, um, just the process of getting suppressors in general, and why the waits are so long, um, some of the new legislation that's in place. So, um, and just some of the overall questions. So, tune into that one. It's gonna be a good one. But like I said, if you are in the market uh, for a suppressor, you know whether you run into these guys at a sports show, they're all over. You know whether it's NWTF, SCI, you know. The, the Western Hunting Conservation Expo, they have booths set up in a lot of these expos. So you can actually just go do this in person. I mean, it might might take you 10, 15 minutes at the show and you're going to be set. And then it's just waiting for your suppressor to come back. Um, or you can jump online to their website, silencercentral.com. They'll walk you through everything step by step on that website. Um, and then there's always an in-person, you know, if you if you want to actually call and talk to a customer service rep and hit, they'll walk you through it, you can do that as well. So just a crazy good, you know, easy process. Um, I wish they had that back, you know, when I got my first suppressors. But like I said, if you're in the market for, for a new suppressor, you can head on over to Silencer Central and see just how easy they make it to, to get a suppressor nowadays. 
Well, Luke, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you, sir. It's a little unique. We are sitting here in a trailer at the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Uh, at the Eastman's booth. So, a little bit different. Normally, I'm used to looking at Zoom and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I but, imagine so. Yep. But, uh, you know, first time to this show for you. It is. It is. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I suppose you're happy to get out of the booth for a little bit. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's, a, it's a great show here, but it's nice to get out for a little bit. I figured you wouldn't hesitate when I said, <laughs> hey, Luke, you want to want to get out of the booth and come over and do a podcast with uh, me for an hour or so? Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> but no, you know, this, you know, you were just out uh, with, with the rest of the Lucky Duck crew with me in Nebraska on a hunt yep. uh, a couple weeks ago. So I want to get into that hunt because it was pretty phenomenal. It was, um, it was insane. But uh, before we get into that, let's let's talk about what what's your position at Lucky Duck. What uh, officially do you do? Yep. So I've been the project engineer for the last year and a half, roughly. Um, so I get to play with all the toys and talk to people like you and figure out what what needs to be improved, what we can do better. Um, so it's all all fun and games, just trying to make everything better and come out with new stuff. What's your what's your background? Is that like an is that considered like an engineering background then? Yep. Like, yep. So um, for. 13 years or so before that, I was a, a manufacturing engineer uh, with a mechanical engineering background. Um, so working with big metal fabrications and then found the right fit working for Lucky Duck and had the right contact. And so Heck. it's been a blast. Heck yeah. Yeah. What, it seems like, you know, when, you know, we're talking about e-calls, right, from Lucky Duck. Yeah. You know, essentially it's electronics that exactly. guys are using outside, outdoors, right? Yep. Like in the weather they're <laughs> if most of my buddies throw the e-call in the bed of the pickup i mean yep. obviously that's a huge challenge right from for a sure. manufacturing standpoint yep, of building sure. things that but is there a limit sometimes i think people think like this stuff should be bulletproof i mean obviously yeah. you try to make it as yep. good as possible but are there limitations i mean is it yeah where, I, where do you find that from your spot where the limitations are sometimes with some of this i think that's that's the tough part about it because like you said you're you're always trying to make it as bulletproof as possible but at the same time, with electronics, there's a lot that can go wrong. Um, circuit boards and all that inside and speakers and all the components that are associated with it, like it's tough. And especially the, say, the regular hunter that's hunting maybe once or twice a week for a couple hours compared to a guy like yourself that's just after him all the time and really putting through paces of, yeah. of everything. So let's try to, try to work with guys like you and figure out what, what might go wrong with pre-production type stuff and try to make it better. That's not figure. If it works for me, I mean, I don't know. There's probably got there are probably guys that hunt more than I do out there. I know there are, but um, but yeah, if if it works for me, and uh, I always figure the average guy, you're right, you know, yep. that's not using yep. it as much, it's it's gonna work. Yep. I mean, it's the same thing with waterfall stuff. It's guides, like they put everything everything through the paces. They're harder on stuff than the average guy. So it's always to try and figure out who's using everything as hard as possible. Talk with those guys like yourself. And try and make it as good as possible, as bulletproof as we can. Well, bulletproof, you, you speak of bulletproof. You know, we've actually shot calls a couple different times. You know, we've done it on the last stand. Yeah, Dustin yeah. Patterson shotgunned one. I actually had a client that was out for a coyote school one time, and the coyote was running up. It was revolt back first year the revolt was okay, out. Yep. And the coyote's on a dead run right to the revolt. And I told I'm like, guys, we got to. Once he hits the call, it's the, who knows? This thing's going to get squirrely. Like yeah. he's lined out, coming. Like you got to get him now. And he shoots about the same time the coyote gets to the call. The coyote just does a drive by right by the call. Yep. I swing over and get it running at you know eighty ninety yards. I look back and the call's <laughs> laying on its side. And I thought to myself, I really didn't think that the I knew he was close to the call, yeah. but he didn't. Yep. I don't think he hit it. And sure enough, we walk out there and he put a two twenty three bullet right dead center through right the, the center. through that revolt. Blew out the motor, you know, yep. the revolving motor in yep. it. Um, yep. It still turned on, surprisingly, but uh, it didn't work. So <laughs> I, I was on the phone with Haley back in the day and oh, said, yeah, hey, yeah. can you get me a, another revolt on the way? Because <laughs> the guy felt really bad. I was laughing because I obviously had a spare and I was ready. Yeah, I was for prepared, sure. But <laughs> yep, yep. Made for a good story. <laughs> but, you know, I hear stories guys, you know, driving, running them over with their pickups. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. you, you can imagine, you know, yeah, we're pretty rough on this stuff. Yeah. So, well, like they say, anything that can go wrong will go wrong <sighs> when you're out hunting with gear and just beating on stuff. Oh, yeah. So your background as an engineer, you know, just knowing you, you know, you are you are a coyote hunter, right? Yeah. From Wisconsin. Yep. Yep. Um, walk me through your kind of, you know, your your start to coyote hunting. You know, oh, when geez. did you when did you get into coyote hunting? I don't know exactly. I mean, it's been it's been quite a few years, um, and it was never something that like I dedicated a lot of time to. But it was always fun to do, and obviously, 
coyote hunting in Wisconsin, it's uh, not as target-rich of an environment. And smaller ranches, smaller farms, trying yep. to get permission. Um, but it was always something I just thoroughly enjoyed doing, getting that interaction and, like, you're trying to get them to come in. You're not just always sitting waiting for something to happen. Like, you are trying to do something. You're trying to call them in, trying to interact with them. So, like, I just always loved doing it. And that's just one of the things one of the things that's always stuck with me. And, like, I would... I mean, there's there's a certain level of critters that I want to hunt, and coyotes are probably up there in the top three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. What would you say, you talked about target-rich environment. What would you guess would be your dense densities of coyotes per square mile where, where you hunt in Wisconsin? If you just had to take a wild-ass guess. I don't know. What do, you think it, what do you think it is in Nebraska? Well, you know, I've always, I've always thought about that, and I really feel like where I hunt in Nebraska – Obviously, some places are loaded more than others because of whatever, you know, whether it's fall calves or feedlots and dead pits and things like that. But just in your average ranch country, I would feel like probably one to two coyotes per square mile. Okay. And I may be, that may be under. Yeah. But when I go to like Rick's in eastern Kansas, and I think, I'm like, holy crap, there's just like, seems like, I mean, five, six per square mile. I don't know if I'm even close. Yep. Um, what would you say in Wisconsin? Because I hear this a lot. Like yeah. a lot of guys, they 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 relate the amount of coyotes I kill, or they see us kill, to oh, we just don't have those type of coyote numbers. Yeah. And they may be right, they may be wrong. I was yeah. just curious how well, how other guys perceive yeah, that. You make a good point with that because, like you said, I mean the like myself, the average coyote hunter, if you will, you're making a few stands. Like you're not putting in up to twenty stands a day, day after day after day. Yeah. So. Even though, like, I may think that we have less coyotes, we might have about the same. We're just not getting after them as hard. Um, but I would probably say in, in certain certain parts of the terrain out there in county, yeah, probably that one to two. Because I feel like you guys have that good mix of, I always talk about ag, yep. having a good mix of ag and then some other type of terrain, whether it's yep. creek bottoms, forest uh, sagebrush Mm -hmm. sand hills you know you name it you know anytime you can get the ag mixed with somebody i feel like you know you have that higher densities of the prey species that the coyotes want yeah you know which holds a higher number of coyotes you know it seems like southern wisconsin more that kind of country isn't it yeah and like i'm kind of in central wisconsin so we've got the big state forest so then you're talking about like real thick oak brush and pine plantations just miles of timber through there yeah but then we're also talking there's a lot more wolves getting in that area so Ooh, kind yeah. of pushing the coyotes out across yep. the river yep getting into that egg ground more so and the wolves are kind of few and far between in the more of the egg country they kind of stick to that heavy timber um so we definitely have more coyotes out in the the egg by the farms and that and stuff but yeah yeah there's still there's other predators that kind of push them around too um but that's interesting. Yeah, that wolf coyote relationship is always, oh, yeah. always an yeah. interesting one to, to consider. Yep. What uh, do you remember your first coyote that you ever killed? Oh, I don't. What? Honestly, I don't. You don't remember? Yeah, I don't. It was probably during deer season, gun deer season. Just whack. My first All right. Yeah. What about the first coyote you ever called in? You have to remember Ooh. that one. Nobody forgets their first. Yeah. Honestly, that was probably a. Um, my first like solo all by myself. Yeah, like you you yep. you went out specifically yep. to call coyotes and yep. it happened and you were like, yep. holy it crap, actually, it's happening. Yep. It was actually a double. Oh jeez. Yeah, yep. I was all by myself. It was one early morning. I made a different stand. Nothing going on, and I'm like, all right, I'm just I'm just winging it. I'm new. I'm learning, and sure enough, I got a, a male and a female to come in, and it was I think it was early March, and it just it happened. And starting off with a double like that, I was like, I'm in. Like, I'm you got them sure both. Hooked. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, did you shoot the first one? The second one the stood there. Or no, you have to get the one. Off. Oh, you got it running? No. Oh, no. It stopped about 200 yards down in the brush. Oh. So it was like it was a lucky poke. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I got the second one too. No kidding. Yep. Oh yeah, you're spoiled. Yeah. It you was double the first that, time. Yeah, that's what hooked me. That's what hooked me. Because <laughs> before that, it was like, you know, this is this is tough, and it's still tough. But it was like kind of getting to that point where it's like, is this ever gonna happen? Like I don't know. Maybe this isn't for me. And you get that, you get that first one. Like, yeah, I can keep doing this. And that was even daytime too, huh? Yep, it was. Yep, it was in you the morning. You didn't even need the thermal to make it happen. <laughs> no, that was long before <laughs> I even. That was before I even thought about getting a thermal. <laughs> yep. uh, what uh, you know, you and I, we'll get into the hunt here shortly. Um, we're talking about you know Wisconsin hunting. 
I'm always kind of on a quest to try to hunt new spots. So I think we're, coming. We're, we're, I'm going to come. You know, obviously that's where Lucky Ducks headquartered. If yep. you, people don't know, out of Baldwin, Wisconsin. Yep. Um, I've never been up there to their headquarters, so it'd be kind of fun to make a trip out of it up there yeah. to, yeah. to to see everybody up there and then uh, and then film a, some episodes of Last Stand. For you sure. Know? Yep. Because I feel like you know you're the train. I haven't been to all those states, but you know states like Ohio and Indiana, Illinois. I've hunted in in, in Illinois though. I would feel like that train is all very similar. Would you agree? Have you yeah, been through yeah, a lot of that? Especially where, like Illinois, for sure. Yep. You know, and I, yep. I know there's a, a big group of coyote hunters from that area. Um, and that's Definitely. what I always like to do is say, okay, you know, take what I know and, and go to some of these places and yep. kind of try to put it to use and see, you know, what we can get done, what we can find out, you know. Yep. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to be fun. I, yeah. we're, I think next year, I think we're going to make it happen. We definitely should. to to come yeah. up there and yeah. I'll let you shoot some coyotes. I won't. Sh- <laughs> I won't hog them all. You know. Well, and I was kind of always in that boat too before getting to know you, and really putting in that time to watch the last stand and all that. Of, oh, he just hunts. He's hunting target rich. It's easy. Like if he came to Wisconsin or whatever. So I know. Oh, it's the day. So hey, I, I get, I get that message like that. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Come hunt where I hunt and see how you can do. Exactly. All right, up. Let's uh-huh. try it. I don't yep. care. I might suck. I, we yep. might kill coyotes. Who knows? But let's yep. do it, right? But getting to know you and now being able to hunt with you, it's like, yeah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> so it would be awesome to have you come up and to, I mean, to really prove to people, like I know you can do it, and it would be a blast. But for other people that just kind of are always sitting in there armchair quarterbacks and yeah like, yeah ah, he's, he's just he's just in a good spot you know <laughs> he couldn't do it where i'm from so i know you can so it'd be fun to have you come up well you got a little taste of that on your hunt you know the the ranch we hunted the second day i'd never t- i'd never been on before obviously yeah. it, it was a terrain that i'm familiar with obviously yep, for sure but it was a ranch i'd never hunted on yep. so that'd be no different than me showing up to wisconsin right exactly um yep. and saying okay Here's what we have to hunt, yep. uh, you know, talking to you, you and I on, on X or whatever, and you pointing things out, and I look at it and say, boom, that's where we're going. Yeah, You know, exactly. that's really what we did on our hunt. Yeah, um, yep. and, and to me, that's that's fun to me. Like, yeah. that's the most fun in coyote hunting to me is, is just showing up to a new spot and just analyzing it quickly and saying, ah, let's go that, and then just yep. start knocking out stands, yep. man, and, and trying to figure out the coyotes. Yeah, and that would be, that'd be one of the awesome things, too, with it is, like, okay, we have – I, I put you in a farm like this is a farm we get to hunt and then show you the onyx and then when we get there it's like no you might say let's go sit in this spot so we can cover this ground and I'm thinking eh, no we would normally go over yeah, here yeah, yeah. so to watch you dissect a farm that you've never been on before like you did it's it's impressive and it would be it would be so cool to watch it is fun because I've done that with guys you know just hunting with lots of different guys going to their places and stuff yep. and guys are like yeah you normally make that and sometimes I'm like yeah that seems pretty good and yeah. other times I'm like no, nah, let's go over here, and they're mm-hmm. looking at me like, "Why? Why are we going over there?" You know, and then yeah. kind of talking through it. So it's it's yep. it is cool to, especially probably for you when after you've hunted these spots for two, yeah. three, four, five years. And, exactly. And uh, well, and even coming down to Nebraska, like I had this picture in my mind that we're always going to be sitting on top of the hill and looking <laughs> like a mile out across this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's not how it was. We're, we're it was, looking at a, a sand hill a hundred yards in yeah, front of us, yep. and you're like, and "Why are we doing this?" Oh, and just to, <laughs> to watch you dissect that and figure out. And then learn, okay, this is why he's doing it. Like, it's cool. It's cool. And you learn a lot. That is the tough part. You talked about you watched The Last Stand. It's, you know, on that show, we've always tried to do a really good job of teaching when we can, right? Yeah. I, you know, I want people to experience what we experience. I mean, that's yep. my ultimate goal. Like, For I'm not sure. stingy with, with what we're doing. Exactly. Yep. Um, yep. There's no – I think some people think we have, like, these secret sounds that we use and <laughs> yeah. we edit it. No, yeah. I mean, like – I use like the same five or six sounds all year long. You use one sound. One be sound. Honest. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, you know, but it's very hard sometimes. You know, I think we do a pretty good job at it, but it's still hard to articulate and show everything exactly in in a YouTube video. Yep. You know, because you're trying to find that happy balance between action. Yep. And sure. talking. Yep. And some guys want the talking. Some guys just want the action. And. Yep. Um, but you're right. Getting to do it in person. You know, yeah. you're getting to watch like a 12-hour YouTube video that day, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, with working for Lucky Duck, I watch every last stand that comes out, and the fact that I consider myself a, a fairly serious predator hunter, for the average, I guess, if you will. But yeah. You watch those last stands, and you can pick up on a lot of things, but there's also times where it's like, did I just, did they do what I think they did? But then 
like hunting with you it's you can learn a lot and you've got a lot of knowledge to share so what's what was what was your biggest surprise coming out you never you never hunted any coyotes anywhere but wisconsin yep all right so we're out in western nebraska which if you've never been to nebraska if all you ever drove down is like i-80 on nebraska like you haven't seen nebraska like if you watch the last stand and you see us hunt nebraska you kind of get to see what nebraska has to offer um but yeah what what surprise what was like coming out like on a on this hunt um i don't know there was there was a lot of things that i picked up on from you that kind of I feel like kind of go a little bit against some of the, like the standard way of thinking on things, like as far as um, putting pauses in between sounds. Yeah. Like you are just hammering on sounds straight because, like you've said, when you want to try and get them to stop, you'll pause that sound. So. Well, let's let's talk about this yeah, real quick yeah. before we go on because this is this is interesting because this is a, a thought process that's out there, right? Yep. And and you're right. I do do things a lot different than a lot of the standard yeah. way, yep. you know. Um, and it's probably just because I look at things a little bit different. Yep. You know, I'm a self-taught predator hunter. I haven't, I wasn't taught from somebody else. Yep. Okay. But a majority of guys that are, are good coyote hunters more than likely learn from somebody else. For sure. Either, you know, their dad took them out, uncle. And, and guess what? If your dad or uncle or some guy that knows more about coyote than you says, this is how you should do it. Guess what you're going to do? That's how you're going to do it. You're going to do it, right? And you yep. don't you don't question it. You just do it. And then pretty soon you're doing it that way. And then before you know it, you're taking somebody else out. And what are you telling them to do? Yep, exactly. You're telling them to do that. Yep. The only basis of this is because so-and-so two generations ago told exactly. you to do it this way, right? Exactly. So if you look deeper than that, I look at the 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 root of coyote calling started with hand calls right so the guys that were doing this before anybody else were obviously using hand calls those were the guys that were teaching these other people how to do it right sure so if they're blowing a hand call how are they doing it they've got to take a breath you got to take a breath (laughs) right because that's the best way or is because that was the only way to do it it's the only way to do it right you had you can't just blow a hand call for 10 minutes straight right so then all of a sudden these guys that have been hand calling for 20 years decide okay hell with it i'm gonna go buy this Mm e-call How do they run an e-call? The same way they were Exactly like they ran a hand yep. call, right? With For no other reason than yep. that's how I ran my hand call, so this is how I'm going to run an e-call. And I was yep. like, well, I just don't think that's cool. I'm going yeah. to blare this thing, you yep. know? And I tell people this, you know, what's the, the number one way to stop coyotes, how I stop coyotes when I want to shoot them, is I pause the call. Yeah. I stop the call. Yep. And then the coyotes usually check up and stop. Exactly. Yeah. So I just picture that in my mind, right? Like coyotes coming from four or five hundred yards, and I pause the call for two minutes. Yeah. What do you think's pro? I picture the coyote. Are all coyotes going to do that? No, because some coyotes will keep running. Yeah, yeah. But I see some coyotes just stopping out there and be like, "Well, what happened? Well, yeah, Where at?" And then on, yeah. you know, squirrel brain on them. You know, yeah, a yeah. rabbit jumps up and they yeah. take off running, and then you lost the coyote. So. Yep. Yeah, I think that's people putting human human emotion into a yep. coyote, right? Like. Yep. That's unrealistic that a, a rabbit's mm-hmm. going to scream or whatever, right? Yep. So that's a cool, you know, that's one thing I, I teach in my classes and I preach is like, yeah, let's let's smash some volume out there. Yeah. It's all about efficiency, yeah. right? You know, I always talk about, you know, when I'm when I'm trying to kill coyotes, it's about, I'm about numbers. Yep. I always have been. Like, yep. I want to, if I have two hours to hunt or all day to hunt, in that amount of time, I want to kill as many coyotes possible. as possible, right? Yep, for sure. Um, and it's kind of, you might call it a contest mentality, and but that's my mentality all the time. Yep. So how efficient can I be yep. to get in more stands? And if you're sitting on stand, you know, for 15 or 20 minutes and realistically only have sound going out for half of that time, yeah. yep. to me that's not efficient. I can do this. I can accomplish the same thing in half amount of time having sound go the, the entire time. Yeah, that's very you true. Know? That's so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting concept because that is – that is the the norm it seems like the yep. guys have picked this up is like oh i got an interval call a little bit yep because it doesn't sound realistic letting this sucker <laughs> yep. eat for uh-huh. 10 or 12 minutes straight yeah and people that know me too and being the, the engineering mindset like i'm a researcher so when i want to learn more about something i'm on internet forums like back in the day that's that's how i learned too yeah is, and people were always saying on there, nope, you run that rabbit for a couple minutes and you pause for a couple minutes. <laughs> and that is not that is not how you do it, and it is very effective how you do it. So it's one of those things that I picked up on that's like, you know what, I need to I need to switch up my mentality and because exactly like you said, if they're gonna check up, some may keep coming, but some might check up and you might lose them. Yep. So just keep running that call and so Yeah. 
I was still the proofs in the piles, man. Yeah, right? For sure. <laughs> the proofs and, in the piles. And we I, made a pile. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? That you, that you, the hunt in general, like that was your first like Western hunt. I mean, obviously yeah. the train we were hunting was way different. Oh, for the sure. ranches, you know, obviously yep. we were hunting bigger cattle ranches. Definitely. Um, yep. Although we did bounce around to some some chunks and things like yep. that. Yep. Um, is that what you pictured coming out west, like where we kind of no, like the off road driving and, yeah, and everything I mean, like I that? I pictured a little of yeah. that, but I was probably thinking like the first day was more of that sand hill, the big the big hill country. Yeah. And then we kind of got in some timber the second day, so I was probably more picturing more so that first day where it's just big big hills and you're seeing a long ways or you can um so that's probably what i was thinking initially yeah yeah so but it was beautiful country that was yeah, amazing it's, it's pretty awesome it was amazing I think a lot of people are always surprised on like you mentioned you know i think you fall in the same boat as a lot of guys you very rarely probably hunt all day right like a yeah. full yeah. sun up to sundown hunt yeah yep. you know and that's just the way we've always done it out here just because we're dealing with we have enough land access yeah. um not to say that you couldn't line up enough land access to oh, hunt yeah. all day, right? It yeah. just requires a little more effort, knocking on more doors yep, and, for sure. and things. But yep. it seems like everybody's just, uh, you know, they're out for a couple, three hours in the morning, and then they're done for the day. Yeah. Or they go out for three or four hours at night, thermal hunting, and they're done. Yep, yep. Um, did that surprise you at all? Like the, the I don't know, the speed and the the effort, I guess, um, I mean, I've, of, I've, of a full day hunt like that. I figured we were going to put in some time, and that's what I was hoping for, coming out to hunt yeah, with yeah. you, obviously. Um, I would say probably, we probably put in more stands than I thought in a day that we would be able to get to. But part of that is, like you said, big country, you can like big ranches, you can stay on the same ranch for a while and cover ground. Um, but it also, I mean, it proved that it's effective those midday calling. Cause I think the first day we went through four or five stands before we saw a coyote. And then all of a sudden they just started kind of coming in. We found the rest of the day. Yeah. So midday, I mean, it turned on. So well, and you probably saw that too. That I mean, I think a lot of guys that have never been out west, once again, they're like, "Oh wow, I wish I could hunt that." That's easy yep. to hunt, right? Yep. Well, when you pull into a uh, three thousand acre pasture, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the thought process starts right there, and it, it's not as simple as you think, right? You pull yep. in here, and it's like you're probably looking around, like, "Well, where are we even going to go?" Like, exactly. We could go right on that hill. We could go over there. We could go yep. over there. Why are you going there? You know. Yep. And, and it's like, holy crap! And and the thing is, it's there's not coyotes hide behind every yucca bush out there right yeah, i mean yeah. so it's almost sometimes that bigger country is a little more challenging because in order to find where those coyotes are you have to kind of methodically i call it carpet bombing yep. the area with a series of stands to kind of effectively cover it so yep. in order to kill one coyote that's in this pasture i might have to make three stands to find that coyote yeah where in areas where like you're at Yep. It's like one and done, right? It's like yeah. most likely it's it's either I'm going to make this or I'm not. Exactly. And it's very self-explanatory. Exactly. Like here's our stand. Yep. Yeah, granted, where you actually sit might be yeah. a yeah. little variable. You know, there's some variables there. But yep. it's like it's either here or not. Yep. You know, so yep. <clears throat> I would I like when I go down to Rick's in eastern Kansas, I, I love it because it's just like my brain does not have to work hard at all. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's just go there. And Rick's like, point your gun right there. If they come out, <laughs> that's where they're going to be, you know. Yep. Yep. Um, out here, as you saw. Yeah. It's like your head's on a swivel because yeah. left, right, I mean, it's yeah. like, holy crap, you know. Yeah. That was one of the impressive things, too, is, I mean, like you said, there's, you could sit on you could sit on this hill here or one to our left, and you could cover a lot of ground, and you were picking spots where they had to come check us out. Yeah. Like, they had to get in close enough to check us out and see what was going on, as compared to I initially thought, all right, we're covering four or five, 600 yards easily, and that's not what we were doing, but like you said, you're... It's, I mean, it's wide open country, and to see you choose which spots you did, and then figure out like, all right, I understand why he's doing it now, and it was impressive. You forced their hand, right? Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, I think that's another thing that goes against the norm. I yeah. think, you know, and I think this is why. And and send me emails if you're listening to this and you hate me for it, but this is why most guys can only kill coyotes with thermal, yeah. in the Midwest and East, is because they set up, they are prone to want to set up on these transition type big wide open stands where they can see yep. right yep those work at night because yeah. the coyotes are moving yeah <clears throat> they work early in the morning late in the day when the coyotes are you know moving and, and transitioning in those areas yeah. they don't work during the rest of the day because the coyotes are in bedding areas they're in deep stuff they're yeah. in thicker stuff yep. 
And so they're like, well, I can't call them because they're, they're continuing to make same. those same type, type of transition area wide open where I can see forever as far as I possibly can stands. Yeah. Yep. Instead of transitioning over, you know, but a lot of times, yeah, I purposely limit our visibility. Yeah. And, it, and it sounds crazy to say that. Like, I'm, yep. But guess what? If we can only see 100 yards, so can the coyote. Yeah. You know, and how many times you've seen this. And anybody listening seen this? How many times have you had a coyote sit out there at four or five hundred yards and just sit there? Yeah. And you threw the book at it. Yep. Most guys are going to say what? Oh, it's educated coyote, right? Yeah, yeah it for sure. Very well could be. Yep. But it very well could be that that coyote just is there, and you gave that coyote a chance to sit there and look up there. Yep. And he is not motivated enough to come there. Yep. But yep. if all of a sudden you put a barrier between you and that coyote, mm-hmm. a visibility barrier. Yep. Now the coyote's like, yeah. Okay, I want to go in just a little closer to check this out. Yep. Then you give yourself a cool yeah. shot. Yeah, even yeah. for us in Wisconsin, like, I mean, we might be sitting over a, a 40 to 50 acre field. So maybe you're seeing 300 yards and then it's another thick, like, edge of the field. And they might come out to that edge and just sit there. Yep. And, I mean, they can see the whole field. Yep. If they don't see anything that they want to come check out, you may never pick up on them because they're just sitting in that thick brush looking. Whereas, like, in Nebraska, you made sure that they had to come in to where we could see them and had a shot at them in most places to be able to check them out. So. See, in your country, and that's what I would purposely do too in your country, is is instead of setting up on a, a field where I think what the average guy is going to do, the yeah. obvious stand, is you sit here looking across a wide open field, yes. hoping they're coming across, you know, I would purposely try to find a corner yeah. of that field to where knowing that that's what the, you know, a coyote's in that cover. Why? Because they're, it's, they're secure in there, yeah, right? For sure. Um, you can get them to the edge, yep. but are they going to run clear across the dirt field? Nah. But yep. but if you set it up to, you know, it's almost like you're making them feel like they have the advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like having the foresight to when you set up a stand to say, okay, I really have the advantage. Yep. But how can I make it seem that the coyote has the advantage? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Does that makes sense. Yep. You know, it's. Uh, it's kind of one of those cool things. Because then what happens, you're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. we outsmarted that. Yep. Sucker, yeah, that you know? was definitely one thing I took away, too, is that you don't always have to be on the highest spot to see the most ground. Like you said, you want to make sure that you you give them where they think they have the advantage, but you yep. still, when you see them, they're within range, and, like, they have to come check it out. So it's... Yeah, it's it's... It's an interesting deal, you know. Every everywhere is a little bit different, you yep. know. Obviously, we were hunting first first February, yep. so you know I think a lot of guys are thinking breeding season, you know, time. Um, were you surprised with kind of the sound sequences? What or was that similar to kind of what you thought that that I was running on the on the call? I was I was thinking that'd be fairly similar just because of watching and listening to you guys over the years. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking it'd be fairly similar to that, um, but. I mean, it, yeah, I'm not sure on that, really. I, I yep. thought it was kind of about what I was expected there. You know, breeding season stuff, some guys, I think, I don't know if they overthink it a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, obviously there's some awesome breeding sounds on yeah. the Lucky Duck calls. You know, some of the stuff for Rick Scott's pretty wild. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, but I don't, I think a lot of guys think that because it's breeding season, I should only be using something in the breeding Coyote, folder, yeah. you know? Yep. Um. We killed 21 coyotes in two days, and I don't think I used any breeding sounds, yeah, yeah. you know. But I was keying on some, some of the same factors of, of aggression, right? Yeah, I mean, that's sure. what we're hoping for yep. in, in breeding season that, you know, I'm always after the aggressive coyotes. Yeah. That's just my nature. Yeah. That's, that's my style of calling. Yep. But my hope is that now that it's breeding season, we have maybe some coyotes that maybe weren't real aggressive but maybe are now aggressive because they are paired up um yeah for sure you know male coyotes running in you know bachelor groups trying to find females in heat you know whatever that might be because we did kill a few doubles that were that were older males running together you know and i'm sure that's what was happening um but yeah i I think you know don't overthink the breeding season you know what i'm saying i think Um, you know, coyote based sounds. I think, you know, sound sequence wise, if I was trying to remember back to what we were doing, I think most sounds I started off with maybe the first three minutes with TNT or Lucky Pecker. Yeah. Yep. Most of them. I think yep. some sounds I even just started the standoff right with Pup Distress. Yeah. But, yep. you know, I think our motto by the end of the end of the trip was if they ain't coming <laughs> to schoolyard brawl, then hell with them. Yep. We're on yep. to we're on to the next yeah, stand. Exactly. You yep. know, I mean, it's just such a good overall. I mean, 
I talked about this. If I could only ever have one sound on my e-call, it'd probably be schoolyard brawl, yeah. hands down. Yeah. Uh, I love that sound. Um, you know, I don't know if there's anything special to it. It's just, it's just my favorite of all the pup distresses. Yep. I think a lot of it has to do with the volume of it. It's a yep. loud call to begin with, yep. loud sound, uh, and it's got some good, good squealing in it. You know, <laughs> yep. but yep. I'm guessing. I don't know. I didn't keep track, but how many of those 21 coyotes? We probably killed half of them. They showed up at least on schoolyard brawl. It's always oh, yeah. hard to tell. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if many, like you said, you started most stands off with a like TNT or something like that, and we probably had a couple that came in early. Early. To that. But most were like schoolyard brawl and those type sounds. So, and I relate that too. You know, on those stands, I don't think it because they weren't interested in the rabbit. You know, I just don't think they the coy- we never set up on any coyotes that were real close. I True. Think, yeah. I think a lot of the coyotes we were calling in. I mean, for some reason we hit it right. Like yeah. the coyotes were coming from a long ways, and yeah, some days definitely. they they do that. Yep. You know, and and people ask me about that. I don't know. I mean. Is it environmental factors, barometric pressure, moon? I don't know. The yep. bubbles of the coyotes, some days are just small, meaning you have yep. to be right on top of them. Yep. Other days, I mean, if they're they hear it, ways. they're running yeah. from however far they hear it from. You yep. know, it seems like. And it seems like that's the kind of luck we had. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think we had – we probably didn't have any coyotes that came from 200 yards and in. No. Like, they were coming from a ways away. Yep. So – and it makes me wonder, too, you know, that's why I don't put a whole lot of thought into the exact sound that you're playing because yep. I feel like when I'm rolling through sounds every two and a half to three minutes or whatever that is, I feel like the coyote was probably already coming to some extent or heard. Yep. You know, if they show up, you know, three sounds in, let's say, and it's nine minutes because that happened. We yep. killed some coyotes. You know, it was pretty calm both days. So I was sitting there for that 12 to 14 minute mark. Yeah. Um, and we had some coyotes show up in that 9 to 12, 13-minute mark yeah, we did. several different times. Were those coyotes coming from so far, and they had listened to two or three, and they were just coming the whole way? Or, yeah. you know, I always wonder, was that the coyote that was sitting out there at five, 600 yards, and he'd listened to all these sounds, and it wasn't until I got to that one specific one yeah. that he decided to run in? I always picked – we'll never know, right? Yeah, like, for sure. I wish there was a way we could sometimes figure yeah. that out. But. Yeah, like you said, is it is it eventually they just get – I mean, maybe they were hanging up for a while. They could hear it, but you pissed them off enough. Like, all right, I've heard enough of this type of sound. Yeah. Like, all right, I'm coming now. But Yeah, because really when you're rolling through, you know, let's say I'm rolling through like a, a schoolyard brawl for two and a half minutes, and then I'm rolling through um, Sig kicking ass for another two and a half minutes. Yep. Those are very, those are very, very similar, similar type yeah. sounds, yeah. right? So I, I'm like, okay. And then you go to like maybe I switch it up to like a coyote coon fight for another, yeah. which is – it's still the similar type it sound, is. right? Yep. You know, yep. maybe a little bit more on the aggressive side of a coyote fight, I would say. Yeah. And then I was even going back and finishing the stand with schoolyard brawl again. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, for another couple minutes, you know, and sometimes there they'd show up, you yep. know. <laughs> yep. Um, but you know, didn't do any howling. No. You know, I think a lot of times people are like breeding season. How to me, I've never been a big howling type of guy because yep. it's slow. <laughs> it's <laughs> like it seems like any time I've ever tried to call coyotes in with a howl. It's a slower response. Yeah. And I, in my mind anyway, and, and I don't know if we had any way to prove or disprove this, but I feel like any coyote that came to a coyote howl would have came to a coyote pup distress or yeah. a coyote fight. Yeah. Like you said. That's my might, opinion. Yep. They'll probably might come in slower from that howl. Whereas yeah. that fight, they're going to come charging in more. So, so. yeah. Yep. And you know me, I, that's what we want. We want yeah. chaos, right? Yeah, yeah. Coyotes running, trying to stop uh, them. Yep, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Who wants the easy just trotting <laughs> shots and stopping on their own, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's fun. You know, Luke uh, Cramlett, he was on the hunt with us. And then Tim No, um, Luke had never called coyotes before. Yeah. You know, he's been working with us. He's, he's been l- working for Lucky Duck. Probably longer than you. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. I think he's been you know? there for six years. Maybe. And, yeah, yeah, and he and I've I've known Luke for a lot of years, and he yep. keeps talking to me about wanting to shoot coyotes and yep. and uh, but he he finally you know he did good that first day he he, he was, was getting all the action. Him. Yeah, he was. Yep. I think uh, you got to point out his very first coyote was as mangy as they come. <laughs> that yeah. was his first coyote. Yeah, yeah. He had never <laughs> yeah he had never killed a coyote, so I was hoping to get him a real nice one, and yeah, yeah. it was about the exact opposite. <laughs> It was it like was, a half yeah. chupacabra. Yep. You know. I don't think he took a picture of that one. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he I think he got four. I think he ended up shooting four or four of them that first yeah, day. Yeah. He um, was on fire. You know, and then the second day, you know, we were the second day was one of those days, and it doesn't happen very often. 
I think it's a combination of just being in the right spots. Yeah. Um, you know, the weather's cooperative, meaning the wind's good. Um, God, the, the Coyotes bubble is just big. I think the yeah. Coyotes were running in from a long ways that yep. day. Yep. Um, you know, we killed 12 that second day, which is, yep. you know, you guys all joined the 1% club. The 1% you know, club, yep, Which yep. I accomplished my goal, yep, you know, sure. for you guys. Yep. Um, but the sad part about that is we – we all got the shanks. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I That's mean, how we? St- I mean, we still killed twelve, which is pretty impressive. But those days when you're like, "Damn, we should have had like 16 that day." Yeah, and like you said, I think we probably could have, but it was just, <laughs> yeah. Everybody was having. Everybody had a rough spell. Yeah, Mi- missing's <laughs> contagious, you know. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we did. Pre- we got coyotes killed early on. Oh yeah. You know, the the first coyote that last morning was pretty dang cool. It was kind of foggy. I mean, it was kind of drizzly, dreary. Yeah. Um. And I posted this on my Instagram page, follow along, but hard right. And we had purposely set this stand up. There was a funnel to our right. Yep. And, and then the big canyon off to our left and out front. Wind was kind of blowing kind of into our face, back off to our right, if I remember right. Yep. But we were sitting up in this side hill, and I, I remember setting up that stand and thinking, we need to be able to, where that coyote ended up coming from, I like, slight chance, but there's a chance. Yeah, yeah. And if he came, I figured he'd come running right down that saddle right to the call. Yep. And that's what happened. And it, But he got right below us, like, what, 20 yards. Oh, he was tight. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, we don't have shotgun. Yeah. You know, I was trying to talk <laughs> Luke into carrying the shotgun yeah. that day because they were coming in so good. Yep. Um, but, but no, and the coyote runs down and gets 20 yards in front of us and sees us but doesn't know where we are. Yeah. And, you know, we're having this standoff with this coyote. Yep. He spins, runs. We end up getting him rolled up. Yep. Very next coyotes, we killed a pair, got yeah. both, and those coyotes came in great. Yeah, for um, sure. And then, and then after, well, and then the very next pair, about lunchtime, that came in off to my side. Oh yeah, they were kind of yep. leaving. Yep. Um, we shot good there, got both those coyotes killed, and yep. then <laughs> after that, and then it just oh my it God. turned into pure you chaos. Know? So you switched guns. I switched guns from the first day. Yeah. So what what were you shoot? You switched uppers, right? No, I switched the I, entire guns. Yep, complete ARs. Yep. So we didn't shoot, and and a lot of guys. Sometimes you come out and you make that trip out, and, and guns stay on. But so I've seen some weird things having yeah. guys yeah. where just the change in elevation or just yep. something like that it throws the zero off. Yep. yep. Well, that's what happened. That's what you happened. You know, to me, on your gun. Sure. Yeah. You know, coyote comes in late in the stand. Yeah. Checks up 140 yards or so. Yep. Bullet flies over the top of it. I can't get it killed running off. Yep. Runs off in the canyon. So we shoot your gun, and it's shooting like eight inches high. Yeah, so we get yeah. it adjusted. Yep. <laughs> but that, I'm going to blame that on you because hey, yeah, that's the, fine. Because from that point on, we like missed coyotes. The re- we got some of them yeah, killed, but I don't know if that part was my <laughs> fault. I don't know if that was. But yeah, I switched from the first day because I was expecting those longer range shots. Yeah. So that was a. I think that one has a base mag of five. And my other AR had a two and a half to fifteen on it, so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna switch to this one since they're coming in tighter. Yeah. Sure enough, that was the one that uh, <laughs> was not on apparently. <laughs> that's all right. I just went back to covering the the downwind side <laughs> and let you guys miss the rest. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because the very next stand, at, we had five in the truck by about lunch. Yep. And and the very next stand, it was kind of a weird little setup. <clears throat> Visibility was somewhat limited crp field behind us the wind was blowing almost straight back into the crp field we were calling into these little cuts and canyons and the coyote actually showed up in the crp behind us to our right yeah and he could if the coyote would have just kept going the direction he was going 40 yards he'd hit our wind yep i spun around to try to shoot him thinking he might peek his head out of the grass and i'd shoot him well instantly too on my presets i have sig kicking ass three okay so i'm like well nothing left to do here but try to maybe get him to yeah. peek up so i hit to sig three yep. hoping he'd just look up out of the grass and i'd shoot him yep. well the damn thing looped back <laughs> upwind all the way around the canyon came running right up to the call yeah yep. <laughs> you know and tim hasn't shot a lot you know and shooting off of swaggers i mean it's one of those things that you know you got to use them a lot yeah it's different well and things were happening fast and he ended up trying to shoot the coyote off one leg yep you know missed the coyote coyote stood there he missed it again now the coyote's kind of running i'm flustered we're all flustered yep we ended up not even killing this coyote and he was 80 yards yeah to start yep. with you know yep so i'm like well that was one that got away and, <laughs> and this whole time i'm I have the quest of a 10 coyote day i'm like yeah today's the day we can make this happen we just got to shoot good yeah we were trying our best not to make it happen oh my god just so after we kept missing all the easy ones <laughs> after that one i'm like well should have had that one yep and then the very next stand <laughs> We go in. That was when they come out. We went right up behind that bale yard, 
and they oh, come yeah. out of the tree. We were calling a bunch of thick timber canyons up in there. Yep. We yep. had about a 200-yard buffer of pasture between us and the up in the in the area where I th- thought they'd be. Yep. First coyote comes out of there just nice. He gets to about 100 yards. Second coyote comes out of the tree line. Yep. I think I told Luke, I'm like, all right, here you go, Luke. You're going to shoot this first one, but I'm like, I'm going to muffle the sound of the shot with the e-call. Oh, yeah. So you were off to the side, so you didn't hear any of this conversation even going on. But the lead coyote checked up about 80, and and he's just standing there looking at us. And I hit my preset, and I said, wait till the sound gets going, then shoot. Yeah. So, boom, he shoots, misses. Yep. I look up, and the second coyote's running to the call still, and it stops. The first coyote missed still doesn't really know what's going on. So I told him real quick, I'm like, shoot that one standing there at 170. Yeah. So he pivoted over. I'm watching the one trotting off. Yep. <laughs> as soon as I hear the shoot, the shot, and I hear the whack, yeah. then I shot the, the, the one, one, dumped the one running. Yep. And I thought, well, that worked out pretty good. Same result there. We missed yeah. the close shot. Missed the easy one, yep. But we still got a double out of that. So I'm thinking, yep. okay, now we're sitting with seven. Yep. Now it's doable. And we had probably at this point probably what, three hours of hunting left? Yeah. yeah. It was it was still where I'm like, oh, yeah, we're, we're making this happen. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so get to the very next stand. <laughs> you had to take the stand off. Yeah, I took. I took yeah. a break that one. <laughs> took a break that one. Yeah, little uh, mountain house early. Mountain house. Mountain house didn't settle too well. Yeah. I told you guys just to eat the tailgate sandwiches, know, but you I had know. to go with the mountain we house, and it, co- it cost you a stand. Yeah, it did. You know, it did. I was I was really watching the downwind on that <laughs> yeah. one. Back of the truck. <laughs> well, I you know same thing. Coyote comes in off my side. I thought Tim was going to shoot it. Yep. At the last second, he tells me I can't get on it. And I was made a stupid mistake and rushed a shot, yep. and I shanked a 140-yard shot on a coyote, which doesn't happen very often. I was pretty <laughs> upset with myself on that. Then, of course, the coyote doesn't, you know, it runs off, stops behind a tree. I try to shoot it in the ear, you know, through a little gap in the tree. Yep. doesn't work. Coyote runs off. So now I'm thinking, man, we really screwed that. That was like should have been nine right yeah. there. Like, oh, yep. my God. But... If you're going to be a coyote hunter, you got to have a short memory. Yeah, right? that's for sure. That's for sure, <laughs> you got, yeah. You can't be dwelling on that. Yep. Um, we just go up the hill. We follow the two-track probably, I don't know, half mile. Yeah, not very far. I was going to say half up mile. Up to the right? top, kind of where the, the call, and found a pretty awesome spot to set oh, up. Perfect. Great cover, sitting by trees. Had a nice little opening in front of us. Yep. You know, 50, 50 to 80 yards of visibility both sides. We could see straight out quite a ways, 300 yep. yards top of that hill. And I mean, that was one of the few that – the rabbit, you know, that coyote was just oh, right yeah. over the hill. That yeah, first one that came, came running right in. Yeah, that's true. And <laughs> we couldn't get this guy out to stop. I killed the call. We were tucked in too good. That was a problem. Yeah. Because we started barking and whistling at the coyote. He actually turned and started running towards us, yeah. which they do that sometimes yep. when they when they come. Well, the coyote, I was being a little too nice, you know. <laughs> the coyote was running straight at us, yep. 70 yards, 80 yards. Yep. And I'm like, shoot it, shoot it. Well, pretty soon the coyote wins the call. Yep. It gets right just downwind of the call, wins it, and turns and bolts to the hard right. Yep. I still should have had it. I missed yep. a freaking 80-yard running shot, yep. and then I got one more. And it ran almost it in went, front of you. Yeah, it ran right in front of me. You got off one quick, just I, yeah, half-ass shot. There, and like you said, it came in so fast, that one did. And I was probably 75, 80 yards down to the right from you guys. And I could all of a sudden hear you guys saying, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, it got I to the point where I was I was yelling hey yeah. at the coyote just yeah. trying to get it to stop. And then you guys started blasting. <laughs> I'm like, and at that point, I wasn't even on my gun anymore. I was looking like, what are they yelling at? Like, are they trying to talk to me? And then I see it just go bailing out of there. So, yeah, that one, that one came in fast. But even that coyote sat down there in the trees. and, and yeah, he's and, barking away for a little while. So now when that's happening, I'm just rolling through pup distress yeah. about every 20, 30, just trying to piss this coyote off enough because yeah. yep. I thought you had a pretty good visibility. If we could just get him to the edge again, just you could get up. a good yeah. shot. Yep. So I'm doing this. Well, pretty soon, I don't know, three, four minutes go by, yeah. and we see this same coyote. He's making a big loop out yep. on yep. us. Up on the top, same man. hill he came over, he's running parallel. So we're like, ah, oh, God damn it. Yep. You know, let's try to get him to stop and take a 300-yard shot. Well, through all this chaos, a new pair of coyotes kind of came in. hard from the left. Yeah. They get right down to the fence. We end up getting both of them killed. Yep. And then we took, I don't know, we watched, the, there's video, phone footage of this one of about yeah. 30 that, shots ringing out. That was the volley. <laughs> that, yeah. I don't know how many shots rang out, but that was an expensive uh, expensive coyote that got away. Hornady made some money on that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yep. Uh, but no. But, but so once again, I'm thinking to myself, what do we got? We could have maybe had a triple. Yeah. But. 
you know, would I have done the same? Would that other pair have came in? Yeah, you probably. If we'd yeah. have killed that lead one, we might have had a triple. Yep. But we got two out of three. Something yep, okay. We're we sitting did. at nine, right? Yep. Okay, we're doing all right. Um, but I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, damn, we should have eleven. Yep. You know. And I had one in there. Should have been twelve. Yeah. Tim's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we we should have easily had <laughs> sixteen that day. And then I was trying to think. The very next stand. Um, we had um, oh oh yeah we're looking for number ten yep. oh, the, the elusive tenth coyote right and yep. I told Luke I said hey Luke I said I want you to shoot this tenth coyote <laughs> <laughs> so early in the stand coyote comes in I'd only been in maybe five minutes pup distress coyote come running in checked up about 100, 110 yards yep. and Luke got antsy and rushed the shot yep. and yep. shanked it and the yep. coyote takes off running I don't even have a chance to get my gun turned over. And Tim freaking rolls this thing running, probably the only oh, running yeah. coyote he's ever yeah. shot in his yep. life. Yep. And he smokes it on his first shot, you know. And yep. I'm thinking, holy crap, we got lucky again. Like, yep. we should not have gotten this coyote. Yep. I think I think Cramlet's miss there was the only one we actually got. So the one I missed got away. The one Tim missed got away. The one I missed got yep. away. So Cramlet, he kind of, he got lucky. He We're did because I killed because I killed this other one he yeah, missed running. That's true. Yep. And Tim killed the other one he yep. missed running. Yep. Yeah, so he, he got he lucky. He got lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so we had hit coyote ten, but we had time for a couple stands left. So I'm like, yep. heck, let's go, let's yeah. go, you know. And we finished the day on a crazy streak. I th- I was trying to think those last probably seven stands of the day, eight yeah. stands of the day we called in coyotes. Um, I think most maybe of them were more, doubles. We, yeah. I mean, and it was bouncing around. You know, yeah. we were. We, I call that was kind of almost selective stands. Oh yeah. You know, we were sure. we weren't on big big chunks. We were kind of pulling in and making a stand, going yep. down. A couple of them we had a, a, a chance to make two stands yep. in that area, but then we had to you know get on the road and head to another spot. But yep. you know, the last stand of the day, uh, you know, we were we were racing, and, we and were I jo- close. I joke about this on the last when we're filming for the last stand yeah. because our percentage on the last stand is not very good. Yep. And here's the the reason behind that is because. The way we hunt, as you found out now, it's like boom, 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 right? Yep. And usually the last stand is like just a half-ass stand because yeah. we're just trying to find some place to go just to make one last stand, just to yep. say we made the last stand, You're right? You're setting up when it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's it's getting kind of tough to see. Yeah. So it's not even like you can have a 10-minute into that. No. So you're it's it's the last stand. Because we had a little sure. bit longer drive than yep. what we were, we were yeah, hoping we for, but... We got in there and sure as shit, we got a triple. Yeah, <laughs> you know it was the name of the day. It comes bombing down this draw to us. Yep. <laughs> it's so dark you can't even hardly find them in the scope. Yeah, that was tough. Um, that was tough. And you know if it had been daytime, I think we'd had some because we could see it was a big prairie oh, dog yeah, town. Yeah, we could see a long way. Dude, there. we could have all emptied our guns at for all sure. three of those coyotes yep. for as long as we wanted to shoot at them for. Yep. But they get down below us in this this wash, and <laughs> before yep. we know it, I. I luckily just find one coyote running about 200 yards across the prairie dog town. Ended up getting a bullet in it, um, yeah. you know. But that I was, was an like, impressive <laughs> shot. That was impressive because, like you said, I was. It was tough to see the dogs in there, and you made a heck of a shot there. Rolled that. one I was up. due. I was you due. Were, I did not yeah. shoot yeah. <laughs> exceptionally well that day, or we would have had four, 15 or 16. Yeah. You know. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no, it was crazy, crazy day, man. Twelve. I mean. I was trying to look back, think about all my days of, of coy- you know, I've hunted coyotes now, you know, 60-plus days already this winter. Yeah. Man, I mean, that's top two or three for the for the for season, season, you yeah. know. I mean, yeah. 10, 10, you know, 10 coyote day. Yeah, you guys will have to come out now. Yeah. Try you, to repeat it again. Yeah, you kind of spoiled us with the first trip. <laughs> that was, yeah, especially Cramlet. His first real, like, coyote hunt. Yeah. And you you really spoiled him. So. <laughs> so, yeah, Tim knew because Tim's been out hunting with me before, and I, I think the last time Tim came out, we hunted two days and killed two or three coyotes. Oh yeah, he you know it was tough. it was yeah. a grind. Just yep. the weather was not real cooperative. It was just, yep. you know. So I was glad that he finally got on a, a fun yep. hunt because, you know, those guys, he's not really a coyote hunter, you know. Yep. But it, when see him get excited about shooting coyotes, that for I was sure, like, hell yeah, this is yep. what it's about right yep. here. Yeah, because even kind of before we went, I mean, I was talking to Luke Cramlett about it and. He, I mean, he didn't coyote hunt before, and I'm like, once you get into it, and it's a blast. And that, I mean, it was, I, those are the two best days of actual hunting that I've had, too. Yeah, yeah. So, it it really hooked him. 
Yeah. Well, he was expecting that because he's just watched all the videos and be like, oh, watch the videos. Yeah. This is what happens on the videos. This, this is what's going to happen is. out here. Yeah. 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 No, that was fun. That was fun. You know, we probably could have done, you know, we were spe- originally scheduled to hunt three days, but yeah. weather come out. You know, one thing I want to talk about, which was really weird on this hunt, was, you know, the first day we had brought all of our thermal stuff too. Yep. And, and the goal was to go back, get some dinner. And then go go maybe thermal hunt for a couple, yeah. three, four hours. Yep. And, you know, that first day, the coyotes were coming. We killed nine that first day. The coyotes were coming in good. We finished the afternoon with, what, three doubles, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we killed three singles in the morning, and then yep. we went to that new spot, and we went double, double, double to end the, yep. end the day. Yep. Um, and they were just coming in great. They were. And in a matter of three hours, yep. we went back, got the thermals, come back out, and it's like the switch had just turned. Yeah. Yep. Like, we're calling thermal. I mean, we saw seven, eight coyotes. Yeah, we saw them. Just they were six, seven, eight hundred yards sitting away. out there, like yeah. just couldn't, care, you know. And yeah. and I was like, we sat on a couple of stands, like For way while. longer than I <laughs> would ever do, yeah. yep. just to see nothing. And I, I don't know, man. Yeah, like I, you said, it was a switch. They just, they just all of a sudden weren't interested in moving that far. Um, I mean, like the i think that one ranch we went to they were calving too yeah. so they just kind of wanted to stay a little closer to the calves but like you still would have thought something would want to come check up what was going on and they weren't having no. it no you think you got it all figured out and then yeah. they sit out there and yeah. laugh at you and you're like pretty damn much. Pretty you know much. Yep. <laughs> so yeah don't feel bad i mean you know i do see that thermal hunting though like i don't thermal hunt a lot yep. you know but i have seen that a lot where the coyotes just sometimes at night and I always wonder what it is. Like they just yeah. act like they don't. I don't know if it's, you know, there was a. It was a new. It was a new moon. If I remember right, it was dark. It was dark. Yeah. Dark. It was. I almost wonder sometimes if. Does it have to do? I, I'm still. I still think coyotes can see well enough at night, but yeah. do they want to run at night? Yeah. When they can't see as well. Yep. Is it that? That's a good point. It could be. I don't know. Yeah. I, I would. I would love to know how well a coyote can see with pitch dark you know no moon yeah if it's good enough that they could see everything and run yeah. I, but it almost felt like they just didn't want to run yeah like they, they just, didn't want to run to the call yep yeah we had a couple that kind of came part way and circled around a little bit but nothing wanted to really just come in like during the daytime yeah like it was it was completely but then the, yeah you know eight hours later you know in the daylight coyotes are bombing in yeah. granted we we're in a few we were in a different location yep. different ranch country different spot that could have been some of it. Could have been. Um, you never know on that, but yeah. guys, many coyotes that we saw there, you thought one of them would have kind of run it in thermal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that can be kind of a misconception too, a little bit, and like people always assume that thermal is, it's easy. Yeah, and I mean it. It can be easier. Like obviously, you can pick them out pretty easy at yeah. times too, uh, but it's not always just turn on that call and they're coming. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I think that is that's one thing. I think a lot of people understand the setups are somewhat easier. I think you know, yeah. getting into your spots, um, you can see them like you said. But just because it's night doesn't mean the coyotes are going to come bombing in. Exactly. I think you know, and yep. unfortunately, there's no secret sound. Yep. You know, yep. Um, yep. I think a lot of people, you know, put a lot of weight into that that they weren't using the right sound. Yeah. You know, if you roll through five or six different types of sounds, the pup distress and the coyote yep. fights. God, you know, if they don't show up to that, yeah, they're usually not coming. Exactly. But we were going to do some thermal hunting the last night, but after our 12-coyote day, we decided we'd sit around, drink beer, and celebrate yeah, instead. Yeah. You guys kind of bailed on me on that. Yeah, Luke, you were the only one real motivated about that. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> the rest of us was like, That's I was right. like, man, we just, we, just, we just pounded out like 19 stands today yeah. in the daytime. Yep, yep. Let's sit around and drink some spotted cow. I, I couldn't complain too much after 12 dogs that day, yeah, so yeah. It, was, it was a blast. <laughs> we got a cool-ass pile pick, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep, <laughs> yep. Well, buddy. I'm sure Steve's wishing you were back at the booth now. Probably. We'll, we'll, I should probably go check on we him. We better get back over there yeah. and hang out with some, some people. Yeah, and you're going to have to do a meet and greet. All these people came here meet, to see you. Meet and greet, yeah. It'll be fun. It'll <laughs> yep, be fun. For sure. Well, I appreciate you joining me. Yeah. Well, thanks for having what, me. Uh, what's your Instagram handle? People want to follow uh, you along? I think it's just Thompson3323. But Thompson3323? I'm the engineer. I'm just kind of the behind-the-scenes guy. Oh, well, I like the, so. like the Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm know, good being the behind-the-scenes guy. Stay forward, you know. Um not stuff we can really talk about yet, but new things coming oh, yeah. down the always, road, you know, from, from Lucky Duck. So, yep. so stay tuned. Uh, you know, if you're not following 
you know, the Lucky Duck social media, Instagram stuff, you know, when yep. that stuff comes out, you know, yep. they post a lot of cool stuff there. So yeah. excited. A lot of new cool stuff, especially in the next, I can't talk about it a lot, but, you know, in the next six months, there's some really cool stuff coming out. Yeah, I'm and excited then, uh, for that. You know, tw- yep. 2025, you know, got a lot of new stuff. So we're yep. working on some cool stuff with Rick and, and, yep. and me and everything that we're doing with The Last Stand. So. Yeah. But I uh, want to thank you guys for listening to another edition here of Eastman's Predator Pros. Um, you know, if you're looking to find more information about myself, you can go to my website, which is coyotecraze.com. That'll give you links to all the Last Stand episodes. Um, you know, the season six finale is coming up. Uh, we piled up 12 coyotes in, in a thermal episode at Rick's on our last night there. So yeah. uh, that one's coming out. Uh, so you're not going to – we have a group of eight coyotes come running in on one stand. I'm looking forward to seeing um, that. In a wad. It yeah. was pretty crazy. Yep. Um, so you don't want to miss that one. Um, but yeah, you can find all that, uh, all those links on my website. Also want to thank you guys for making this the number one predator hunting podcast out there. Uh, your reviews on Spotify go a long way. Those five-star reviews go a long way. Um, so can't thank you enough for that, but also we can't do this without the sponsors. So got to thank them. We have lucky duck predator calls, six sour optics, Cryptech, silencer central on X hunt, swagger bipods and Hornady, And of course, Eastman's for putting this all together for you guys. Can't thank them enough. Uh, you can check out their website at eastmans.com. So until next time, we'll catch you right here on the Eastman's Predator Pros podcast.